Here it comes. He knows it's in. He's been waiting for that. It comes to ground. Lewis, who didn't kick a goal in the first half, but played his part up the ground. Oh, Bruce centered it. And Ryan had to bend down, but he didn't mind at all. Morrison, and off his nifty from Kaczynski to Moore. Morrison got a good look and a good strike. Hawthorne come again, it won't be a mark. Both players knew it. Lewis knocked it away. Wingard swooping like he's back in all Australian form. It's Lewis's turn. This is an inspired outfit. Sam Mitchell for all his glory as a player. This is one of his finest moments as a coach. Simply stunning the Hawks. The Hawks stunned ladder leaders Collingwood in one of the upsets of the season with an electrifying, vindicating centre clearance masterclass wowing the home crowd. There was so much to like, from Finn putting the clamps on a Brownlow contender to the irrepressible defensive game of James Sicily. We're here to go through all the talking points on another jam-packed edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and with me as always is a man who messaged me with two words at the final siren. How good. G'day, Tiz. <laughs> G'day, mate. Wow, what a day. That first quarter, I was uh, I was wrapped, I was excited, I thought, good, they've come to play. And then the second quarter, I was like, ooh, um, okay, this could be how it is from here. And then we got a free kick, 50-meter goal, and I thought, okay, bit of reward for effort, let's see what happens after half time. But all the time in the back of my mind is Ross Lyon making them look a fool the week before. The coaches, I mean. Yes. The coaches. Mm-hmm. But this week, the coaches got it absolutely right. Yeah, spot on, wasn't it? So much so that Mrs. McRae was having pot shots at him when he got home. <laughs> now, you sent me a screenshot. Talk me through this. <laughs> well, honestly, in about an hour ago, McRae said when he got home, his wife, the first thing she did was say to him, couldn't you have put someone on Sicily? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a rough gig coaching, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, but what a display. I mean, the second half was even better than the first quarter looked. And uh, they tried. Collingwood absolutely tried their best. They did. But this is the thing. For them to keep in touch, it took their most elite, really. Yeah. They turned it on and they really looked threatening there for a little bit. Yep. And it took the most arsy goals. It <laughs> took Elliot from the boundary, which yeah. I know that's it's his skill set. But it was a magnificent kick, that. To get them started. And then, of course, you know, Dacos getting a cheapie, the double goal, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, but it was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was. And all I, all I said to myself was, oh, well, we got one with Barker and I think we got one with Barry Hall. So we've done all right out of the double goal. Mate, the MCG, we got three 50-metre penalties out of Barry Hall consecutively. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, end to end. And Ruse going, trying to get back to the zen spot. in the <laughs> And failing. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Mitchell in the thick of it, provoking Barry Hall. Beautiful stuff. But this was the day Hawthorne had decided, well, the boys had decided, we are going to see how good we can be today. Yeah. And Collingwood weren't up to it. They were shocked. Then they used a lot of energy coming back. Mm-hmm. We saw that. We faced it. But when you look at the stats, my goodness, we were much better on the stat sheet than even on the field. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean... You talk about the week before with the Saints, right? That first quarter, and of course the last quarter too, but the first quarter being smacked in the midfield was so much of part of the problem. And it was like that midfield contingent showed up for this game against Collingwood and said, no, 
not putting in that kind of performance again. No way. We are taking it to the ladder leaders in the best way possible. Centre clearances, we won 18-3. to Hawthorne's second best and Collingwood's worst differential of all time since oh. stats were recorded in 1999. Well, and they weren't good then. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> And, like, I was critical of bringing Reeves straight back into the ruck because I thought... As was I. I'll put my hand up for that. But he had a great day. Yeah. Well, he won He won the ruck duel and... Kicked then a some. goal. Yeah. You know, and, and it was an unerring goal too. Straight through the middle. Yep. 39 hit-outs, 7 hit-outs to advantage. Three marks. Yeah. If you don't mind. I've been critical of that. Yep. Three marks and one goal. Got to be happy with Ned Reeves. But it was the guys around him, at the feet of him, that, that did so much of the damage and made this such an exquisite and brilliant game to behold. We matched them for attacking guile. Like, we were so all-out attack, which is what they love to do. Hmm. They didn't... And then we didn't give up the, the centre corridor as, as it, if we gave up the ball. You know, it was very good. They were very measured. I thought Scrimshaw was excellent at times. Yes, he was. And he got a big hug from the coach at the end, not only for that tackle... But also for his uh, for his efforts throughout the day, there's not one player on the sheet that you'd say was beaten by his opponent. Correct. Yep. Just one of those days where it was it's enormously like, hard to conceive of a negative yeah, from this game. Like watching a grand final. Yeah, a, a little <laughs> and bit. And it was our grand final, really. Here's a stat for you: the Hawks won 43 percent of all their one v one marking contests. Really, well above our season average of 28.4. Devil's advocate. What was wrong with them? Collingwood. Yeah, I don't know. It's been thoroughly entertaining to see the media break it down in the aftermath. Yeah. Well, they got smacked in the midfield, so there's the problem. Oh, no, it's their forward line as well. But also, we beat them by 32 points. Their defence well, must, mustn't s- be much top either. So, <laughs> tears. I'm wondering what they're good at. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they've really just slaughtered Collingwood's chances of going anywhere near a premiership, even though they're definitely hitting a qualifying final. But I would say that their forward line hasn't been that functional no. For the last few weeks. Mm. But the way that our three talls, which we haven't seen a lot of this year, that structure enabled Mitch Lewis to crumb and goal and yeah, <laughs> waltz yeah. through 50 in goal. And then you had Brandon Ryan kicking three, also taking off his laces with some brilliant... I mean, you just can't teach that from Bruce where he just flicks it across <laughs> like he's in the World Cup. It's just wonderful. It was very timely, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> given the, the Matilda's form of late. But yeah, look, so much went right. I, I think we need to look at our inclusions, first and foremost. All of them made a quality impact. Scrimshaw, Morrison, Kaczynski, Reeves. Three of those guys were goal kickers on the day, and Morrison had two. Morrison was critical on the wing because he didn't waste it. Yeah, it's been something correct. we were critical of him a couple of months ago, is, is wastefulness on attack. But when he had clear options, and they had a lot of space in the forward line. They developed that. They maintained it. Very good to see. Jack Scrimshaw, I thought, was excellent. If we're looking at the moments, hard to go past Jack Scrimshaw just stopping Degoe in his tracks. Yeah. Bamboozled Jordan Degoe. Now, that was a bit emblematic of the day for me because... It was. Degoe underestimated the ability of Jack. Yep. And that's how it felt they'd approached the game. It wasn't going further anyway, even, even if Tagoe breaks that tackle. And that, and that, for me, is the difference with this win, because we've had some good wins and we've also beaten the sides below us, mm-hmm. right? But this was a complete team performance. Mm-hmm. Everyone was together, 
And I know Sicily is obviously a standout and a talismanic game from McGuinness. Yeah. Where he his grunt and effort and and uh what would you say? Concentration. Mm-hmm. Um was it, the whole side matched it. Well, well, let's focus on these two guys. Because when I think of this win and my MVPs, it was hard to go past Sicily and McGuinness in their respective ways. We'll start with Sicily. 37 disposals at 89.2% disposal efficiency, 515 metres gained, 19 marks. Whoa. <laughs> 11 intercept possessions, three goal assists, yeah. if you don't mind, five score involvements. Especially the Weddle one. Oh, yes. Weren't we up and about after that? And oh, the call is quite good too. It is. We've we'll heard it at the start of this program. When we, oh, have we? Yes. The replays, very enjoyable. Oh yeah. Very very. Well, we've got a good commentary team. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> we had a question from Erin. How many times have you watched the replay? Well, watched the first half that evening. Should reveal that uh, we had it on before hitting record. Tonight, oh yeah, we so. did. Yeah. <laughs> I walked in. You had it on. I'm like, yep. what didn't you see it? <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. I've watched the highlights, I've watched the mini, I've <laughs> doing it all. So, if we refer to ourselves again, we had questions over Sicily's leadership ability. Mm. That I don't have that question anymore. Oh. There were, there were two moments in that first quarter. Mm. The one where he kicks to Nash, he runs past Nash, uh, sidesteps two opponents, yes. kicks long yeah. to Moore for the first goal, yeah. and then he sets up Weddle. Mm-hmm. It purely attacking motive to get that high in the game anyway. Well, you can't say he didn't lead from the front. He had, what, 14 exactly. touches well, in the he, first term. Exactly. He set the standard. I don't really think I've had that many queries about Sicily's captain's oh, no, there's leadership. Been a, there's been a few times where he was, I guess, biting off more than he could chew, you know. Yeah, maybe. And now he's... that. That's just a, a stellar game. Mm. And, and what he required of... The blokes around him. I mean, they came from as well. It wasn't just McGuinness that Collingwood targeted. Yeah. They, they targeted Sicily as well. And they failed, must be said. Yeah. They didn't have an answer for him. Uh, this question from Big Jace. When Sicily was out suspended, we looked exposed down back. Now he's playing again. We're a well-balanced team. Saying that, what would be our number one requirement going into the draft? A key backman or another classy midfielder? Oh, I'd love another classy midfielder. But the backman for structure, I think. Yes. Uh, it's easy to be seduced by the, the flashiness of another, you know, speedy and A-grade midfielder. But I, I think structurally, yes, for our system, we are requiring a key back. Although I thought Blank was good. Blank was very good, yeah. I agree with that. But long term, you know, because... That, that's... And he didn't get sighted. <laughs> that's, well, he shouldn't have been cited for that. No, no I way. agree. No side of the football, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but I loved it. Like, that is unsociable. It's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Why should I get out of your way, mate? And just barreled him. Well, this feels like a nice seg into but Finn McGuinness. That, that had to happen. I mean, the guy, has he been hit all year? What what was going on in the rest of the league? Are they just letting Dacos I walk to a brown I do because not know. That, why it takes until round 21 to figure this stuff out. Well, I mean, Sammy did do it, what, the second round of the preseason? Mm. And it worked. Yeah. McGuinness must have been wondering what he was doing at the club for a little while. And then now, huge accolades and an obvious role. The beauty of this is that Sam Mitchell, ahead of this game, was asked, so what are you going to do about Dacos? And Mitchell said, well, I think it's pretty obvious that yeah. I'm going to play Finn McGuinness on him. So here we have the coach telling the world, here's what I'm going to do. 
does it, and then Hawthorne gets to say, look at what we did. <laughs> brilliant. So brilliant in its simplicity. And they tried to break the tag. They put him everywhere. Oh, they chucked him full forward, and which I didn't think. Look, the, he's the, not the, a big man, Dacos. No. So putting him forward, if he gets near a pack, someone's going to have a crack. And they did. Yeah. As it turns out, they very much did. But when that happened, when I saw him line up uh, at the punt road end and at full forward, I looked at that and I went, oh, we're one. <laughs> yes. Yep. Now, that's a very good point because sometimes yep. you can tell if they've bastardised their own system Correct. enough or you've forced them into stuff that yep. isn't advantageous. Yep. I saw that and I thought to myself, that is the last thing Collingwood would want to do. Yep. But they've been forced into it. Yeah. And that is a big win for Hawthorne and it's a, a key component of, of why we won the game. There's total lockdown of Nick Dacos who had well, Finn McGuinness had six disposals, only one more than Dacos, but tactically, clearly this was a triumph. It's gonna be long remembered by Hawks fans, I think, this game. Yeah, well, who does Finn take next, you know? Well, we had a question from Michelle. Uh, Finn was outstanding against Dacos, but clearly the whole team put pressure on as well, and the Pies didn't block for him at all. Can Finn take down the bigger-bodied Bont? And Petrarca, same deal. Maybe even more power and size than Bont. Can't wait to find out. Well, uh, we're probably sent into the wingman again at Melbourne. Langdon. He's oh, already, yes. He's already done that job. To a plomb. Like, it's not like he hasn't done it before. Well, the, the Ed Langdon game was really the first clue. That, that we Melbourne had a quality. couldn't win a premiership. <laughs> well, I was more saying that Finn had that in his So is this kit. is this two tilts from McGuinness that just upright the premiership tilt of you know Now there's a call. That's a big prediction. <laughs> Maybe. You could be onto something there. Uh look, uh they have been very good this year, but that was like you could see the Magpie supporters really down in the dumps because they knew that the system had been found out. I saw them leaving. Yeah, That's didn't what I they saw. leave early? Aren't they going to come back, guys? So Ethan would like to know, this weekend coming up, down in Tassie, does Finn go to Libba or the Bont? Well, that question following on from Michelle's, I I personally think that Nash gets Bont. See, not only could he take down Melbourne one year and Collingwood the other, but he could take down two Brownlow hopefuls and make it a third the following week my god isn't that ridiculous what a three weeks he's got his matchups are the three brownlow hopefuls just imagining finn mcginnis in a cabin in the woods with their heads mounted (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's just hunting them yeah and what i I was thinking actually when i saw dacos go forward i was like oh well finn's got that he's played back long enough at box hill he's even played back in in the afl so Mm -hmm. He's not going to be exposed here. We mentioned Connor Nash. Now, he's a guy that sort of flew under the radar, but, you know, and I know you God, love you. God, he your... had his hands on the footy a lot to fly under the radar. Well, well, he wasn't one of the huge talking points of this game, I mean. No, he wasn't flashy. No. But, and I know you love your AFL fantasy points. Oh, no. Sec- second highest rated. Really? Yep. 31. He did have a lot of, I've got the ball, I'll give you the ball, I'll have it back now. 31 touches <laughs> at 80.6% disposal efficiency, seven score involvements. Uh, Connor Nash was excellent. Seven score involvements is terrific. What I have been noticing about Nash is that his meters gain is trickling backwards all the time, but he's got mm. better options yep. and he's looking for them. He's got a lot more time and space today, these days. Mm-hmm. The pressure that Hawthorne put 
on their opposition was incredibly good too, even though most of the time we had the ball. So Warple, 56 pressure points in the Herald Sun. Mm. That, that, that led the game. Darcy Cameron with 46. And, you know, 42 from Quainer. And how is it that Pendlebury and Sidebottom mm. were basically their best, apart from Dugowie? The that, two, that doesn't track with me at all. The, the two eldest yeah. veteran Collingwood players, mm. who should be the blokes sort of, you know... Making cameo roles at well, best. Well, the idea is that perhaps Collingwood weren't up for the fight because they're already a few games clear and they're mm. going into finals and... Are they the guys who've got most pressure on their spot? No. <laughs> you know, they're going to be selected. It's all the other guys. Like, Look, I, I don't buy the line that they weren't giving it everything, Collingwood. Well, they're the oldest side playing yeah. on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and we were the youngest. Knew it. I knew it. And this is why it's so exciting. Mm. Now, do you go back to the Brisbane game and you're like, this is the Brisbane game? Yeah, I do. When Hodge put his hand up, and so did Mitchell, and and the game, and we could actually see that. Yeah. Are we there yet? Because well, I feel like that's probably a bit premature. Well, it's funny you say that because I remember when we beat Brisbane this year. Yeah. We speculated: Is this the game that we're going to remember? Is this the game that we're going to think back in a few years? Oh, that was a turning point of sorts. Mm-hmm. This win against Collingwood is our finest win of the year. And I think we can look at it in the same vein as the the win against Brisbane at the G. Those two wins, in their respective ways, are hugely significant for this group. I feel like that's obvious. Psychologically. Yeah. I mean, time will tell just how significant, but it feels important. That was the vibe for both games. I want to talk about Dylan Moore, who set the tone early for, for this contest. 23 touches at 81.8% disposal efficiency, nine score involvements, two goals to get us out of the blocks. Uh, also four inside 50s and three rebound 50s. Yeah, he did a hell of a lot of work. There was a moment there where Dylan Moore took a relieving mark in the back line mm-hmm. amongst pies. Yep. I think that was in the first quarter. Uh, incredible work rate, and he does it every week. Thoroughly dependable. This bloke... Harry Morrison, 21 disposal, still a year contract, by the way. Yeah. So 379 metres gained, three inside 50s, two goals. The emotion he had after a couple of those goals was a release, mm. wasn't it? He well, was under the pump a little bit. He was so frustrated at Box Hill. I mean, we saw it. So yeah. We went and watched. But, uh, yeah, he kind of belongs, but, geez, you know, Amon, where does he go? Because I, the big I tweeted at what about two hours after the game. Oh, I know. Feeling I a little jolly. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, everyone gets a year. <laughs> <laughs> Just tack on an Re-sign extension. Resign them all. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, especially Warple and yeah, Weddle and yep. Cozzy. Mm-hmm. Are you there with me on that one? Yeah, at the moment I teeter, but yeah. yes, okay. He was very good. I felt I felt he was a very important contributor. Now, in this on, game. honorable mentions. Yep. Sam Frost. <laughs> What's your take? <laughs> really? We did look composed. Come on. I know. That's what I mean. I don't want to talk about Frost. Yeah. But didn't miss him at all. But sometimes in the ab- in their absence, other people were required to stand up. Yeah. And they did. They did. We Absolutely, talk- they did. Talked about Jack Scrimshaw, who. You know, was set a task by Sammy. And he went back to Box Hill and made Sam Mitchell look a bit silly. 
Yeah. That got him promoted back to the seniors. And yeah. look at how he performs. Excellent. 20 and touches, decent amount of disposal efficiency. Sure set of hands. Yep. Good timing when he got to the football. Here's a guy that we need to mention, Chad Wingard. 26 touches, 6 marks, 7 score involvements, 5 inside 50s. If we're talking about extensions... He gets one. I think he has to. Yeah. For all my, you know, patches of cynicism about Chad throughout the year... No, no, I'm sorry. He gets one. One year. Okay, right. (laughs) It's all in the emphasis. Because the guy's turned up when the contract's ending. Yeah. He seems to do that, it's doesn't probably he? probably a very old reference now, but Aaron Lord used to. <laughs> probably an old reference. He used to do that every time, like clockwork. Contract in the offing, Lordy kicks six. I don't know about the longevity of Chad Wingard's future with Hawthorne, but I do know that for the Come more... on, he's made us look very good a couple of times. Well, that's what I mean. The, mo- the most immediate future, he has to be in brown and gold. It'd be minimum one year. You have to keep him on the list at least a little bit longer. We turn from Chad to uh, a guy that's just really getting his hands dirty now. Brandon the Difference Ryan. (laughs) Second game, three goals. Yep. And he is. He's making a difference. He is. Cozzy and him and even Mitch Lewis all working well together. That shouldn't happen. Well, he shouldn't be there in the first place because he's had such an unlikely route to AFL Mm -hmm. football. But you shouldn't look that good against the top defence in the league. No. So here's the thing. We have friends of the show at the club. Is the request to, to play Brandon Ryan filtered through? Is that what's led them here? Because we've, we were calling for it for ages. We had a sneaky suspicion that Brandon Ryan could definitely make an impact in this forward line. Yeah. And he's made that statement. He made us look a bit foolish when he kicked Norton 6. But apart well, from that... Well, that, that was just one week at Box Hill. <laughs> But when he was recruited, you know, I'd watched a little bit of the Bull Ants and I thought, yeah, this is good. Yeah, we've got one here. It'll just be a matter of time. And he seems to be proving proving us right okay, at the moment. The moment that I loved was where he just tapped through Moore's open hands mm. down to Bruce in the goal square. Yeah. Come on. That's champagne stuff. I, I thought the uh, what effectively turned out to be a combo breaker you know, when the pies are really on a roll, mm. then he gets that 50-meter penalty. Yeah. But he does have to slot it. And, oh, he do- yeah. and he does. Like, how many were there in the end? Felt like a lot. Uh, 63,000 or something. Okay, so yeah. not all the Collingwood people turned up. No. It's a good crowd, though. Oh, well, it's one of our biggest games We were of the pretty year. loud. Kuzon asks, uh, of the next three rounds, which game do you predict sticks Ryan to kick his first bag of five? <laughs> Kuzon adds, this is not a question of if, but a question of when. I agree. It does look like when, doesn't it? This week. Dogs? Yep. We winning in Tassie, are we? Maybe. You don't have a key forward kick five and lose. (laughs) Yeah, you can. Nah. Sometimes happens. (laughs) Only because I don't think it's going to happen against Melbourne or Frio. You don't think it can happen against Frio? Is that because you're not going to be there? I almost don't want it to happen against Frio. <laughs> Bloody AFL. Oh, I tell I, you. I had to make plans. I had to choose. I knew it was coming up, Saturday or Sunday. I had to think, which day is Hawthorne going to be on? Definitely the Sunday, because the old bastard, A-U-L-D, old bastard, <laughs> usually puts us in twilight, yeah. awful time. That was my thinking. Yeah. And I had to roll the dice. I went, okay, um... I guess I'll make my plans for Saturday and just hope that Hawthorne's not playing do? on a Saturday. Us at the same time as North, whoever they're playing. I think playing, so, yeah. 1.45 on the Saturday, prime time. Yeah. At the G. Yeah. 
just so we can get on the end-of-season flights on the Sunday morning. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know, but I can't make it back for that game. I've got plans. So I'm deeply disappointed at that. So maybe I don't want Ryan to kick five against Freo. No, I'm not you be there. do. Oh, you well, do. I wanted to kick more than that every week. That'd be lovely, seeing as I'm making requests. He can definitely do it against Freo. Yeah, what is it about Hawthorne and the G, might I ask? What do you mean? Well, a much better team on the G. Yeah, well, I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. That's where the the big games are played. <laughs> if there's a ground I want to be playing well at, it's the MCG. Exactly. Bob asks, uh, we've had a glaring problem with only having one real target in Lewis. We know he's got what we need as a genuine tall, but can we rely on an unknown like Ryan? He's tall and drags a defender, but a few skill errors have me worried. Do we still need another tall in the draft? Oh, he's still nervous. Yeah. He's it's still... very early days on Ryan at this level. And uh, yeah, he, he copped to being nervous and fair enough. But also an article I read today is his confidence is building at a rate of knots. I mean, just... Yeah, he feels like he can play AFL football. Absolutely. And such an unbelievable <clears throat> win for do you his want, first. Do you want the floor for a little while to talk about Mitch Lewis and his game-breaking performance? Well, give me a sec. I, I just want to say to, to Bob's question that when we need another tool in the draft. I'm comfortable with how the forward line is looking at the moment. It, we, we, the next three weeks are really important as far as my assessment of how things are going. Um, I, I think a tall in the draft down the other end of the field is a priority at the yeah. moment. I mean, we're getting McCabe, so that's it certainly done. seems like it. Forget about that, Nick. Uh, Luke was at the MCG with uh, Holland and, and Obst celebrating the uh, the 99 Ansett Took me a while to work out that it was Obst, I've got to say. Yeah. He was a good player, though. Do not remember him. I'll cop to that. I do not remember a second. It was a good look, too, on the replay, that jumper. Like... It looked much better on the TV replay than it did at the ground. My decision regarding this jumper was that I wanted one. However, I wasn't going to buy a Guernsey, and then the only time we wear it this year is when we get absolutely pummeled by Collingwood. I thought, I'm not going to associate that game with this jumper. But of course, then we won. I jumped straight onto Hawk's Nest. Oh, did you? <laughs> I got one, yeah. And while you were there, did you pick up the Buddy Franklin tome? Well, I'm hoping... Well, it wasn't while I was there, because I, I actually ordered that and I'm hoping to be one of the first hundred to get a signed copy. Who's the ghostwriter? It doesn't say. Because <laughs> I, I really ha- I really have, you know, perturbations and dread about who that might be after the Luke Hodgelin. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a read it is quality-wise, whether it is... Because, I mean, it's a hell of a story. Well, it might be Max Gorn, My Captain's Diary, will it? So Surely you haven't read that. <laughs> no. Of all people. No, no I definitely haven't. <laughs> Anyway, you want me to talk about Mitchie Lewis? I do. And how could I resist? Go for it. Because there were a couple of moments there where he broke the hope mm. of the Collingwood faithful. Yeah, that, that running bomb from outside 50. That's one of my favourite goals all year. Unerring finish too, because yep. he missed the first shot at goal. Yes, I think he ended up with two goals too. No, he finished with two goals, one. Six scoring oh, okay. involvements. And uh, who do you reckon had the most tackles on the day? Um, I'm going to say either Nash or Warple. It's a tie mm-hmm. between Nash and Warple. Oh, there you go. My instinct kicking in. <laughs> Excellent. Quite happy with that. Uh, yeah, Mitch Lewis was uh, important, and it's how his goals came, which were very fun for me. They did break the spirit of the Pies fans. Now, look, before we get enamoured with the result and everything, the way the game was played... 
and I'm telling you, this is very important for Hawthorne's financials. Mm-hmm. The entertainment of it means we might actually get some good time slots. Do you reckon we'll get a night game next year? Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe even a whiff of a Friday. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, it's very good to watch. It's an exciting brand of footy, no doubt about it. And uh, it's proving that it, it gets results against some very good teams. Yeah. Well, have you seen that seven moments thing? Yeah, I have. I wrote them down. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Josh Ward? He is remarkably consistent mm-hmm. and dependable. And he didn't shirk that contest with Bobby Hill. That was what led to Mitch Lewis's long bomb from outside 50. Cam McKenzie, I, I also remembered that moment when it came up on the vision. Yeah. Oh, God. I winced. Yep. I was expecting a huge hit. Yeah. And I thought it was tremendous courage from Cam. And he didn't even raise an elbow to sort of protect himself coming no. back. It's no. Didn't brace. eyes on the footy the whole time. Yep. Very well done. Blake Hardwick beating Elliot. That was huge. Well, he did that a few times. Well, true. But I'm thinking, one moment. I'm thinking more the one-hander. That was Look, Elliot is a bloke I love to hate because oh, he's yeah. just so good. Yeah. But that seeing Hardwick sort of pop him in his pocket, <laughs> very good. Shall we get to our final question for now from Lauren? Hoping this is the win we look back on in our next finals tilt and say it was the one that started it all. However, it's still a few years away. We want to continue improving on this trajectory. With a rough estimate, how many wins and what ladder position are we likely to finish next year? Well, given... See, there's, there's a problem here because you're in the bottom six. You get a favourable draw that elevates you above where you ought to be. Mm. So I don't know that we'd play finals. It, it depends on who we can attract. Yeah, there's still a lot to play out between now and then. I mean, think of this. Warple might not even be there at this but, stage. But we do know one thing, and that is that two of the best coached sides, Brisbane and Collingwood, mm. couldn't beat us at the G. Yes. And Brisbane have done remarkable things within games to change their playing style mm-hmm. to get the result. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a very smart side. It's all about confidence and us being confident that that game plan is going to work next year. I like our trajectory. I, I like the growth. Uh, I mean, there's still three weeks to play out, so that might colour my overall evaluation on the season. But at this stage, um, I don't think we make finals next year. I think we're on the doorstep of finals. But there's like a... Have you seen above us? Everyone's just sort of bang there. No one's yeah. really clearly... Yeah. Like you've got the top four and then you've got everyone else. Yes. And then us. Yeah. That's true. So there's not a great deal of difference Mm. once you, you know, get three more wins under your belt. I'm being conservative. I think we're on the doorstep of the finals at the end of next year. And that doesn't sound amazing to to listeners, I know, because we want to be playing finals. But it would be a step forward from 16th, obviously. So Box Hill are playing finals. Yes. I think that's fairly clear. Mm -hmm. We played... Uh, two o'clock this Saturday at home. By the way, yeah, yeah hosting the Bulldogs. Yeah, I've looked at the weather. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be too much rain around. Should be a good day. Yep, and uh, just solidify our spot. And I mean, we could win a premiership, don't you think? I'm increasingly thinking that Werribee is the one to beat. Uh, they've strung together. What about, about Gold Coast and Brisbane? They're just yeah, they're, no, they're in calculations as well, but Werribee has 14 wins in a row Brisbane now. Because Brisbane go deep into finals, which means they could play anyone off the list. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Look, we're in calculations. We're a real good shot. Uh, in terms of a tune-up for the finals, we have the Bulldogs, who are not 
you know, easy beats. So that, that should be a good contest this weekend. Uh, but then I think we have Frankston. Yeah. Which should be, you know, I say tune up. It's down there. On yeah. The, like, yeah where the girls are playing. That's right. So I think that should be a pretty easy lead in. That should be a time to to really bed down some fundamentals about how we want to approach finals footy for Box Hill. No disrespect to Frankston, of course, but I think they are at yes, the, no, the bottom dis- end of the ladder. You're definitely disrespecting them, Nick. I don't <laughs> think they're listening, though. You should be all right. <laughs> so are there any changes you're making this week? If Amon's available, does he come back in for Harry? It would be a really tough call, wouldn't it? Because Amon is just class. You want him in the side. There's no question of that. I'm looking at my phone going, where the bloody hell is the injury report from the club? Because <laughs> we're recording this on a Tuesday night and... Uh, well, who is available? Is Amon available? Is Frost available? Oh, you're bringing Frosty back? I'm not saying that I'm bringing him back. I'm just, these are the sorts of selection headaches. You know, do we want Meek back in the side? He hasn't had a week of footy, so. Yeah, but then so ne- Cherry but then, Ripe. But neither did Reeves. So. <laughs> well, they've got English. Mm. And they've got Norton. And they've got a great forward line there. Anyway. Do you rate their defence? The no, dogs. that's that's really their problem. Yeah, they can, is, you can string a whole lot of goals against the dogs. Would you say and, five goals? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, we were very good against them at, at uh, Marvel. Oh, for a little bit. Yeah. Well, we were in the game for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it felt like there was a bit of a, a difference in class there, but mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't be approaching this with the same level of. We're playing finals anyway yeah. that Collingwood did. So true. It should that is be true. fun to watch. 5G asks, who goes out for Amon anyway? The question that you posed for me, I'm putting it right back onto you. Uh, be McKenzie? Yeah, I would say so. That'd be my pick. Impey looked a bit sore. It was good, though. Mm. I thought Impey had some good moments. Rob asks, with Will McCabe likely to be drafted as a key position defender, do we trade in another big body defender while he develops or persists with what we know we will get from Frosty? There you go. So All right. Frost so, for you. so how old is Sicily? I think he's 27. So you've got the next four years yeah. to win a premiership with Sicily in our side. Mm-hmm. He's by far our best player. Yes. He's captain. If he plays well, Hawthorne... Well, our chances go right up in terms of winning the game. Yeah. And yeah. if he doesn't play, or if he's well held... <laughs> yeah. They very, plummet. Very hard to win. Yeah. So you have to... Acknowledge that that is, the, we might as well call it the Sicilian window. Yeah, okay, all right. Because we have to get it done while he is playing. Yep, correct. So you definitely push for another big body defender who's capable in the next three to four mm-hmm. hitting our lineup. We had questions from Reese and Anthony. This first one from Reese when and where would CJ fit back into the side? Uh, Anthony says, I struggle to see a spot for CJ in our back line or on the wing with our current team. Could he be a dangerous forward getting up the ground and burning his defenders on the way back? I still maintain that I want to see CJ on a wing. Yeah. and uh, I feel like we've both been calling for that for about three years. But the thing that CJ will be doing is replacing Impey. Uh, Long term, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right about that. That's I a, could see that's that That's the kind of role that we need out of him. This is the thing. We're getting to the end of the year and we're looking at the turnover in the list and we're looking at the turnover in two to three years and you, this is how they plan it. They've got to get the right personnel and they've got to work out that, you know, Mitch Lewis and Cecily 
and whoever else, mm-hmm. they've got expiry dates yep. and they've got to hit the line hard before the expiry date comes yep. up. There's a lot to manage. A lot goes into this. Now, getting to some social media stuff before we wrap up, it genuinely makes our day whenever we notice a new review has popped up on Apple Podcasts. If you could spare a moment to rate and review the show, that'd be wonderful. Uh, one of our listeners, Heldy, has done exactly that. Heldy says, simply brilliant Hawthorne passion. This is easily the best Hawthorne podcast that exists. Nick and Tiz bring passion to every episode with a no-nonsense approach to everything Hawthorne. Everything Hawthorne. Hey, mentioning everything Hawthorne, it looks like they're going to get that stadium down in Tassie. Really? Yeah, there's been a bit of shift in the opposition. They don't want to be seen as uh, anti-progress. So... They're making mumblings that it maybe won't be as bad as they thought it would be. So they're pro-progress? Um, well, they're not anti-progress. They're oh, sort of post-modernist progressionists. <sighs> so they're not for it, but they're definitely of, not against have it. Have you thought of going into politics? <laughs> Sounds like you'd be right at home at this point. Uh, Helby continues, It's my favourite weekly listen. Keep up the great work, boys. We have an incredible future ahead of us. Five stars from Helby. That's beautiful. Thank you And we you do have much. an incredible future ahead of us. We I don't. agree. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I felt at the G. Yep. Looking around at the Collingwood faithful. <laughs> thinking, you might be there now, but we're coming. We oh, are. no, no, you can't say that. What are we doing? We're um, not doing the blues thing. Yeah, that was their membership slogan, wasn't it? <sighs> yeah. Can you Something smell like what that. we're cooking was another one. Oh, God. What do you think of them? Can they get... Can they do it? Is that the question? Can they get to finals? I think they'll get to finals, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not certain. They have to win one more game. That's what I'm saying. And then the AFL scheduled them for 6pm on the Sunday, so you (laughs) can be rest assured. (laughs) As the AFL knows what's up. They're (laughs) absolutely going to try to make sure that that they have to beat GWS and play finals. Yeah. Yeah. They had that opportunity last year, didn't they, famously? Oh, yeah. Collingwood just edged them out. Wow. Imagine losing to Carlton and then Hawthorne the following week. Calling a supporter. <laughs> it's a bit of a roller coaster for him. <laughs> oh well, good luck. Uh, you can get on board with us on our social channels as well. Nothing better than the buzz after a win online, chatting with fellow fans, really soaking up every second of it. So find us on Twitter, also known as X. I haven't made the jump to reflectively calling it X yet, but I suppose I'll get there. Facebook and Instagram are on there as well. 4,500 followers on X. We notched that up today. Oh, we got it. Yep. Notched it up. Very pleased with that. So thank you for everyone for being on board with us there. Now, the Hawk Talk podcast thrives thanks to an amazing contingent of listeners who support our show, our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. Greg has joined the ranks. We appreciate you getting around us. Thank you so much, Greg. So this kind of support... Big or small, that helps us put time into the show week in, week out. If you're out there and weighing it up, really love for you to join us. It'll set you back less than a cup of coffee. That's all it costs per month. And there's bonus content on offer for your trouble. So more of that coming later this month, by the way. Hop on board, support the show, head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. Did you notice this week during Red Time we didn't let up? We scored goals, they didn't get any goals. Anyway... Back to red time items. Oh, how good is that, folks? How's that? The broadcasting chops on this bloke. Go on. Red time items. Here we go. Flat track poorly. How much fun is Nat Edwards going to have on Access All Areas as the Hawks rise up the ladder in 2024? About as much fun as I have, uh, cutting together little edits, making fun of Damo. And she enjoyed it too. She did, yeah. Damo must... uh, Has he blocked us yet? 
Does he know he exists? He may um, not know. I'm actually not sure if Damo's blocked our account. What would be really good was if AAA, Access All Areas, <laughs> actually just played what you put up on Twitter. As well they should. <laughs> because uh, what we have now is Damo conceding that the future is bright for Hawthorne. Yeah. So there it is. It's out there now. And he can't take that back. What did you think of uh, North's 400th celebrations for Clarko? I completely forgot about that. <laughs> but that was a thing this week. 400 games. Coached. You know the only thing that brought him back? Wardlaw. That's right. Yep. Yeah, okay. Also, I dispute the, the 400 because, that, that is, that because, is... I, because I know how that game played out. And I think North Melbourne only played half the game. Oh, so I don't geez. think Clarko is not sure. You're up. so harsh. <laughs> Tell you what. That, but that was masterful marketing. From Clarko, I reckon. Yeah. It was a bit fanciful, and I know people have come off the line for him for mm. saying stuff like that, and this should be more professional and all that. But I don't that's, know. That's love for the game. That's love for the... Yeah, it is. I heard that quote, and I thought, isn't that how coaches yeah. think of players? It's like That's oh, how we think of them. Yeah. Like, not a big stretch. Yeah, We exactly. want to be there for the journey. Look yeah. At, like Dylan Moore's journey. We've enjoyed that thoroughly. Exactly right. Or Mitch Lewis. Or Nash. And Brandon Ryan is just fantastic. <laughs> I was I was quite pleased with um, some of the photography coming out of the game on the weekend. Actually, there, there's a good one with uh, Mitch Lewis and Connor Nash both having a laugh. I love it. And I was like, that is just perfect for the whole talk podcast. Yeah. What did you? What was the quote you put on it though? Oh, was, I just eighteen three, wasn't it? Yeah, I just put the center clearances stat above it. <laughs> Very good. Now. As part of Retro Round. You have been hanging out for this, yes. As part of Retro Round, uh, the club released posters and trading cards, and I know you've been very keen on the trading cards. You were an avid trading card collector, and so, of course, I got you a pack. I have some packs in my hot little hands here. How, how did you get so many, by the way? Okay, so uh, the club was holding a function in the uh, Australian Sports Museum pre-game. Right. Uh, and I didn't realise this, but it was for 25-plus year members. So I headed along. Because you're was, over 25. Yep. And it was a, <laughs> yes, it was a, a Q&A uh, about the 99 Ansett Cup win. Uh, Holland. I bet that was Ops. front of mind for you. Well, I can't really remember the game that it's well. bloody freezing, I'll tell you that. I can't even remember if I really if I attended that game. I okay. would have been nine, I think, or something like that. Anyway, so fair to say then, I, I didn't feel old, folks. I didn't have a great deal of love or nostalgia for this performance, and also the fact that it's a preseason cup, and we've got so many other ones. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <yes>. yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh, that's it. Oh, that's shocking. I, I stood up the back and I thought to myself. I've seen four flags. <laughs> I don't. I don't hold this in the same regard. I, I like that they do, and I like that there was a good turnout for yeah. them, and everyone else cared a lot. But I was like, I don't remember the game, and I've seen way better wins than that. This is the seventeen club. This is part of the fabric of the of Hawthorne. Yeah, I know. It's it. Look, they built a whole round around it. Yeah. With the big hawk and stuff. I know it's significant. Yeah. But I just personally... This pushed him to... A, that win pushed him to a prelim in 2001. Okay, well, yeah, that, that's fair enough. where you decided... Yes, that's it right. ...it couldn't be Essendon. Yes, I became pure. Yeah. <laughs> Purebred hawk. But I, 
I just couldn't connect with it in the same way. So I found myself watching the clock because I knew that the club was giving out trading cards and posters for Retro Round out the front of Gate 3, which is where the sports museum is. Did you get a poster? Yeah, I did. What is it off? The Ansett Cup win? <laughs> well, it makes reference to it. <laughs> but anyway, look, don't concern yourself All right, can I open it now? Now, you wanted to know oh. how I got them. Yeah. And this is a very important story. I just want to open them. Really. I'm definitely dragging it out now to make you suffer. But no, I, I headed out. I bailed on the Q&A and I got, you know, parallel to the queue. And I thought, I just need to look. I, I don't know where they're handing them out. I can't see anything. I can't see where they're handing them out. And someone had a couple of posters who ended up being a listener of the show. Oh. I didn't know at the time. I, I, I asked. I'm like, excuse me, where did, where did you get those posters? I want to you know, grab some for myself. And she's like, do you want mine? I've got three. Oh, no. Really? I was you like, didn't say yes. Well, I was a bit confounded. I was a bit baffled. I was like, oh, uh, okay, if you want. And so I took the three posters. She's like, I've also got all these training cards. Do you want them? And I was like, uh, sure. Who is I'll, this person? Well, I'll give her a shout out. Her name's Kylie. G'day, Kylie, if you're listening. And uh, thank, thank you, you for the- Thank you, Kylie. I've the, got my cards here. All right. You're desperate to open them. There you go. Yeah, okay. Come well, on. This is a really good visual. Yeah, thing. riveting, isn't it? <laughs> You're absolutely I've been holding them so long, my hands have got sweaty. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you really are a little kid sometimes. I can't open them. And I can feel them bending, so. Uh, do you want me to get scissors? Do you have scissors? All right, folks. We've got scissors. We obtained the scissors, and now Tiz is opening the pack of the cards. So, He's... which ret- retro players are they, do you know? Well, just have a look. You, you, okay, they're, they're out of the packet now. Carl Amon is not retro. The, well, the, the, it's retro round and they're wearing the big Hawk Guernsey. That's oh. the... Gee, they're not bad. They're better than Select. James Sicily, <laughs> Luke Bruce, German Olympic. Good thing they got the n- names on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chad Wingard, Dylan Moore, James Warple, Will Day, Chankwath Giath, and Mitch Lewis, who is um, looking down on me from a great height. Yeah. No, they're, they're very well made, aren't they? They are. The club actually came out with uh, with their own decks of cards for the back-to-back premierships in the late 80s. Oh, okay. I have those as well. But oh, this this go. is a lovely addition. I like this. They can do more of this, please. I'd agree with that. They, they should be thinking of stuff like this all the time for how to engage members and give back. This um, is great for the inner child and the outer child. So, so I was wrestling with whether to reveal this. Oh, no. But the packs all have identical cards in them. Oh, did they? So you can't... That's, that's it. That's all the ones I yeah. made. Oh. <laughs> if you don't think <laughs> I'm leaving that in, you got another thing coming. <laughs> I just... They're a bit slippery. The cards have gone everywhere, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and there's no amount of announcing from here and wrapping up the podcast <laughs> that will be anywhere near as good as that. So we better just end the show for this week. Hawthorne, <laughs> <laughs> uh... Bulldogs, Sunday. What is it? One ten pm just a random freaking number every week. One ten pm why not? Look forward to that contest. It's going to be a cracker, especially if we turn up the way we did against Collingwood. This has been the Hawk Talk Podcast. We'll be back, as always, next week, win, lose, or draw, to recap all the action from the weekend. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. Yes.